Welcome back to another episode of Brex in the Black. We have Michael Tannenbaum, CFO of Brex, here with us. And today we're going to talk about growing a finance department person by person. Michael, take it from here. Thank you for having me. So I think the most important thing is the framework. A lot of what I talk about is the fact that when you're doing a startup, you can't approach it exactly the way you would if you're a CFO of a mature or at least established company. So at least the framework that I've always solved for, that I always, uh, that I use, excuse me, is to solve for what you need day one and that you don't have an understanding of or time for. So when I started at Brex, I had been the VP of finance before at SoFi. I kind of knew how to do most of the core tasks. So for a while I did everything. And then the first person that you typically need to bring on is either in in-house or outsourced accounts payable because accounts payable which is basically all the bills those usually pile up as the company grows and it becomes hard for one person to manage that you can manage that by outsourcing or you can hire a person i actually insourced and hired someone who could do both accounts payable as well as accounting that person ended up becoming our controller, so scaled pretty successfully. I knew that he would, um, but you know, in the beginning, you got to do everything. And so, while accounts payable sometimes isn't perceived as the most glamorous work, it's super important work, and you can't screw it up. And so, I think for me, accounts payable was the first need. But then I combined that with what you could call a staff accountant, and those functions don't always have the same person. But for the first hire those can be the same, that they can be the same. And so staff accountants typically have some experience, ideally at a big four, meaning Ernst & Young, PwC, Deloitte, or KPMG, or, or really, frankly, any good, any good firm. It doesn't have to be big four. It can be, can be a regional firm. Uh, but they have some sort of audit experience, and they know what audited financials look like and what the standards are for accounting. You bring those people on, um, and that is kind of where you typically grow from. Obviously, if you yourself have an accounting background and you're not solving for that and you don't have a finance background and you need that, meaning more budgeting, planning, modeling, fundraising, sometimes you'll hire for that first. So it's, again, it's about what you have versus what you don't have and how to add. And when you're hiring there, um, I think Brex's case was very particular. The founders, as we've mentioned before, had a you know finance background. They came from fintech, and and you came on very early on. What should a founder that's more of on the technical side be looking for in their first hires? Yeah, I, I recommend looking for somebody in the beginning that has some finance background. Um, I think that accounting is more easily outsourced than is finance. So you need to have someone who can help. Maybe, you know, maybe it's finance and ops. Maybe it's just general business, but you need to have someone who can help set up the process, uh, who can think about the business and understand it and translate it into accounting, translate it into a PL, and and help establish how you want to perceive the business. So that, you know, that person was me. But if you are a technical founder and don't have this experience, I think you do need somebody in-house. Doesn't need to be a CFO, doesn't need to be full-time their role, but that can help translate the business into numbers. Um, and so, and then, you know, 
and then you can continue to add more accounting and finance staff. So I think earlier in a company's lifetime, you typically would hire someone known as the controller. So the controller is the person responsible for the monthly close. So I've gone and talked about monthly close in other in other um, episodes, but that's you know that's where at the end of the month you make sure that all of your accruals, all of your processes, all of your checks and reconciliations with bank accounts have happened so you can be sure that your finances are up to date and current. And the controller typically manages that process and almost always will have some, should really have some accounting background, whether it's undergrad degree or work experience, ideally both. Later, as people grow, they hire what's known as technical accountants. I've seen a lot of confusion about people not understanding what technical accounts do, uh, but they're especially, they can be very important uh, especially in more complicated industries with sophisticated financials, fintech being one. And so what, what technical accounting does is they take accounting guidance and they research it and make sure that you're presenting your financials in accordance with guidance. And guidance changes. For example, leases have always been off balance sheet and are now coming on balance sheet. So meaning that if you have lease obligations for over 12 months, which many people do, you actually need to recognize the future value of the payments of the lease on your balance sheet. And that's new. And so a technical accountant would help you figure out how to do that. And they would, they would write a memo that would, memos are super popular at Brex, as we know, write a memo explaining what guidance they look to and why we're recognizing that this way. Um, I've talked also previously about things like gross revenue versus net revenue and knowing a good example is Uber. Uber pays, you know, a, a, dry, a rider paying $10 for a trip. Some of that goes to Uber. Some of that goes to the driver. Does Uber put the full $10 on its income statement as revenue or only the 20% or so that goes to it? That deciding that and what the accounting rules say is the realm of technical accounting. So you typically bring that person on later, especially as you're starting to be audited by big four. Then more on the finance side, you tend to have roles like FP&A, which is financial planning and analysis. Those people will take the monthly close data from accounting and then translate it into actual versus budget performance, explain what is happening. Those people often come from investment banking backgrounds. Those people help with budgeting. They help with um, keeping people with forecasting, keeping teams aligned and, and, and tied to goals. And then the last area is what you call strategic finance or corp dev. Those tend to come later in a company's life cycle. They support things like business development when they're thinking about new partnerships. They look at acquisitions. They handle um, the relationship with the board and board materials, fundraising materials. Um, and that's sort of the strategic finance corp dev function. What are some KPIs to judge a finance department by? So one that we do here is the number of business days for monthly close. We do six. So within six business days into the month, we have the month we have the month close and the flash prepared. Um, and so that's one way to make sure your team is staying current. I think uh, another KPI, I wouldn't say it's necessarily a KPI, but the quality of your audits. So getting what's known as unqualified audits or audits that don't find material weakness is a way to know your financial control and accounting processes are working. I think that obviously success fundraising 
is a good indication of the finance department and the success they have there. Um, and then I think that being able, the overall company understanding and fluency with the financials of the business, visibility into financials and the and understanding those and being able to explain them clearly to most people in the business is a way, you know, the finance team is doing its job. So as the finance department starts scaling and you're bringing on more and more people, how do you know it's the right size? Yeah, there, you know, this ranges across Silicon Valley. I think that you always find finance teams are working hard. Uh, you know, I've never been at a company where the finance team is not stretched for, for resources and for time, especially because, you know, finance is not necessarily a group where you see immediate revenue from. And so people typically don't invest in it in the beginning. Um, I think that the right size, the way I kind of see it is that, uh, you know, Series B finance department, which is kind of where you first have one, typically is somewhere between two and four to five people. Um, And as you grow, at least to me, it's going to depend on from there how complicated your business is. So if you have multiple entities, if you're like Brex and you have a regulated broker-dealer subsidiary, which requires its own financials, we're basically doing two. Um, if you are working in a business where there is um, fintech and you have capital markets and lending and debt and covenants, that's all going to add increasing complexity. But I think in a core sort of B2B SaaS or uh, consumer tech business, I think four to five people Series B thinking about adding one to two for every additional round of fundraising. And that's it for Brex in the Black, growing a finance department person by person. Michael, thank you. Thank you.